Welcome back to the Euronet Plus podcast. In the fight against climate change, humankind has an important ally, the humble tree. Through photosynthesis, tree capture carbon dioxide and store it for a period of time. They therefore offer an important solution to the problem of excess greenhouse gases in the air. Indeed, in a young wood containing a mixture of native species, CO2 is trapped in the tree themselves, but also in their roots and the soil they are sitting in. Forest planting comes in two main forms, as Oris Janssens, senior researcher at the Latvian State Forestry Institute Silava, explains to our Latvia's radio colleague, Richard Blume. There are two principles by which forests can help mitigate climate change. One is afforestation, where we continue to increase forest cover. The other, more far-reaching, is all about the positive impact of better and faster forest growth. It's about reforestation using high-quality planting material, so increasing productivity at the same time. In a nutshell, afforestation refers to the planting of trees in areas previously lacking forest cover. Reforestation, on the other hand, is when trees are replanted in areas of pre-existing forest, either to replace trees that have been felled or burned, or as mentioned by Oris Janssens, to improve the quality or diversity of a forest. When thinking purely about the need to capture carbon from the air, a process known scientifically as carbon sequestration, almost any healthy tree is suitable, says Johanna Amaral Paolo, a researcher at the Center for Studies at Portugal Instituto Superior de Agronomia. According to her, the particular species of trees is not important. What matters is the length of time it stays alive. What we want when we focus on carbon sequestration as a tool to mitigate climate change is for these to be species that sequester carbon and hold it, conserve it, so that they should not be cut down in the short term. So if I think about that, and also about the species that are native to Portugal, clearly oak trees meet both of these criteria. But they're not the only ones. If I decide to make a plantation out of a fast-growing species that accumulates carbon more quickly, as long as I don't cut it down after 10 or 15 years, as long as I keep it with a view to it acting as a carbon sink, even though it's not a slow-growing species like oak, but a fast-growing one, it fulfills the same objective. However, thinking purely in terms of numbers of trees is far too simplistic and ultimately not very helpful. As with so many things, it's not just a question of quantity. Quality counts too. And if we consider the diversity of the EU's tree species and the age of its trees, the block is underperforming in this regard. If we want to help our forests become more resilient to climate change, we must endeavour to improve their quality, adding more species of trees, bushes and so on. Because, according to a report by the European Forest Institute, forest biodiversity is, and I quote, the basis for the functioning of forests, for the provision of a multitude of forest ecosystem services and for maintaining the adaptation and resilience of forests to climate change, end of quote. Yet we must not forget that respect for biosystems is also essential. 
insists Andrzej Berznikar, head of the forestry service at the Slovenian Forestry Institute by our colleague Vesna Danilovic at RTV Slovenia. The unplanned introduction of different trees and tree saplings into a forest is not permitted. If someone wants to play a part in increasing the number of trees in our natural environment, it is always best to plant them in areas that are not forests, that is, in our gardens or in the city, in parks, next to fields, in short, in places where the origin of the trees is not as important as it is in the forests. For those who want to help, we also organize reforestation campaigns, sometimes in the spring, but especially in the autumn, which with climate change is always more suitable for this type of action. So the key takeaway from this is that you want to go out and buy a tree plant, plant it in your garden or perhaps in a park, but never in the woods. And when it comes to afforestation, in other words, the planting of trees in totally new areas, Giorgio Vacchiano, a researcher in forest management and planning at Milan State University, tells Giulia Cannizzaro, our colleague at Italy's Radio 24, that this is also a case of location, location, and location. The first precondition is to choose places where the climate effect is positive. We know that there are places in the world where planting trees would even be counterproductive. In wetlands, for example, more trees would soak up the water in the ground because they need to use it to live. But in doing so, they would degrade the wetland and even cause the release of the large quantities of organic carbon that these wetlands and these swamps store. Other places to avoid are the northern latitudes, the Arctic or pre-Arctic areas, where planting trees would serve to darken the color of the Earth's surface in areas that are now generally covered with snow or ice. Since the dark surface absorbs heat rather than reflecting it, the net climate effects there would be one of warming rather than cooling. And then we should avoid all those places where trees could grow but perhaps it is better if they do not. I'm thinking of the savannah, which is home to great biodiversity, and on which we would like to keep that way, with a few scattered trees. Similarly, places where the new climate patterns that unfortunately await us risk creating conditions that are too difficult for the trees. Droughts, for example, or wildfires, which would in many places, especially those exposed to the periodic aridity, end up nullifying the work done. Under the European Green Deal, the EU biodiversity strategy for 2030 commits to planting at least 3 billion additional trees across the block by 2030, in full respect of ecological principles. That's an impressive pledge, bearing in mind that hitting this goal would mean doubling the rate at which Europe's forests expanded between 2005 and 2020. The plan's implementation is complex and challenging, not least because governments have to balance economic, social and environmental interests, as Lithuania's Deputy Minister of the Environment, Danas Augutis, explains to our colleague Augustie Adjinuradias. There are three classic pillars, ecological, economic and social. And those pillars compete with each other in certain cases. 
the ecological and the social are less frequently in competition, but they are from time to time. But of course, the economic and the social often compete. Every country wants more benefits for itself, or more focus on its own problems. The key issue in forestry policy is, therefore, to balance how much we protect how much we make available for the needs of society and how much we make available for the economy. It has to be said that all forests contribute to all three pillars at some stage of their lives. In other words, forests grown for profit also give us a place to spend time as well as containing biodiversity. So all three pillars are important. It is reconciling how much to set aside for each purpose that causes most of the problems. And we hear the same thing from Andrzej Brezhnikar, our expert at the Slovenian Forestry Institute. This action taken by the European Commission, 3 billion trees by 2030, is one important way of increasing the number of trees in our natural environment. However, Slovenia is in a different position from countries with less forest. Here, increasing the area covered by forests is not on the agenda because we need fertile land for agricultural cultivation. And this campaign targets new areas of forest and new trees in the natural environment. So what is the best way to go about this then? Where exactly should we be looking to plant all these new trees? Marta Wallner from Estonia's Kukku Radio has sought some recommendations from Avelina Helm, a professor of restoration ecology at Tartu University. Firstly, we need to identify the areas where tree planting is truly necessary, where trees are currently scarce. For example, large open agricultural landscapes that could benefit from more tree cover, the outskirts of cities. And even within cities, there's plenty of room for trees. However, in existing woodlands, where open areas still exist and add diversity to the landscape, such as former forest meadows or farmsteads, these are crucial areas in nature today and they should not be overforested. Secondly, there's a need for a concept that truly reflects conservation-oriented planting, including the careful selection of a diverse mix of species to be planted, and also a spatial structure, how they are laid out. The most beneficial forest, from both a climate and biodiversity perspective, is one that has structural diversity, including open clearings, glades and trees of different ages. This should be considered during the planting process to avoid creating monotonous areas dominated by a single species, all at the same density. Thirdly, we must ensure that we do not further damage peat soils through planting trees. Planting trees on peat soils does not align with the climate objectives and simply harms the existing ecosystem and the peat soil itself. The most appropriate approach with peat soils is to leave them as grasslands and restore their moisture content. This helps them to better maintain the climate. And finally, to the big question you're probably asking yourself, how much will planting a few new trees really help in the fight against climate change? Well, a hectare's worth of trees is able, 50 years after planting, to capture and store 300 to 400 tonnes of CO2. This means that to offset one tonne of CO2, you need between 31 and 46 trees. 
To put this in context, one ton of CO2 is equivalent to 138 meat-based meals, two-thirds of a single household's annual electricity consumption, six months' use of a petrol car, 2.6 return flights in economy class from Rome to Amsterdam, or one return flight from Paris to New York. In short, every person in the EU is responsible for more than seven tons of CO2 emissions each year. You do the math. This is why we need to prioritize stopping deforestation in the first place, or so says Dr. Momshil Panayotov, professor of dendrology, the scientific study of trees at Sofia's Forestry University. He tells Bulgaria National Radio's Jordanka Petrova that deforestation must be halted because Despite all our efforts, it cannot be reversed. To say that reforestation can save the global climate is a bit of a stretch, simply because there is a lot of analysis at the global level that shows that we are losing forest habitats faster than we can restore them. In other words, no matter how much we reforest, no matter how much we strive to create new forests, the problem remains that more and more forests are being destroyed. Globally, we cannot reverse this trend. There is only a thing we need to be aware of, though. The global context is different from local solutions. I'm not saying that we should give up on planting trees. On the contrary, we need more and more forests, especially throughout forestation, in order to be able to meet the ever-increasing demand for wood. And the more that we fail to keep up, the more pressure we will put on our forests in, for example, mountainous regions. And tree planting is no miracle solution to the problem of carbon emissions, adds Vacchiano, our expert from Milan State University. We need a multi-pronged approach to fighting climate change. But, this said, trees obviously play a key part. Even if we do it right, the trees survive, and if we plant them in all the places where it makes sense to do so, we will only be able to neutralize a small proportion of our emissions, unless we reduce these first. So the message is very clear. If we do nothing to reduce emissions by switching to renewables and away from fossil fuels, emissions will continue to rise and even the millions or billions of extra trees we might plant, assuming they survive, will not have a particularly large impact on those emissions. So we need a combined strategy. On the one hand, we must reduce emissions and try to get as close to zero as possible by the middle of the century. And then trees can help us offset the rest. At present, the absorption potential of a global reforestation strategy is quantified at between 2 and 3 billion tons of carbon dioxide per year. Given that we emit almost 50 tons, that's a pretty tall order. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Green Deal podcast. We meet again in two weeks' time. We'll be looking at urbanism and climate change and adaptation. Till then, take care.